Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to MakerCast, a podcast about the inner work of creatives from all walks in all places. My name is Morgan James Smith, and this is episode 46. So much of what's been on my mind and on my heart this week, the swirling around through all my thoughts and feelings, is trying to digest and really integrate the difference between empathy and sympathy. You know, I think, I think for a lot of us when we experience pain or we experience loss or grief, and this can be small and this can be big, we go through a stage of needing support but being raw enough and fragile enough emotionally to not know how to ask for it or not be able to ask for it. At least that's been my experience. Whether that's a change in identity or a reevaluation of life path or the loss of a friendship or a family member, it can be very difficult on both sides of the coin to be the one experiencing loss or pain and to be the one trying to provide some semblance of comfort or support. Just a couple weeks back, my grandfather on my dad's side passed away. And like so much of what's been happening in this new era in which we live, the memorial service, at least the initial one, was held on Zoom. And on Zoom, it can be very difficult to (laughs) know when to speak up and when to keep your mic muted. And I don't know if it was the added digital element or just something in the air, but I found that the process, the three-plus-hour process of sharing experiences and memories and grief was, gosh, the, the word that comes to mind, and it's not right, is one-sided. And by one-sided, I don't mean like unmuting your mic and speaking into a void. It was more just that with that many people across such a wide range of ages and geographical locations, the tone of the memorial service was not conversational. It was more about relating our own experiences taking a turn almost, relating our own memories and the feelings we were going through. And instead of the next person to speak, you know, really commenting on what was just shared, each person took that opportunity to to build upon it with their own experience. 
And at the end of the memorial, I left feeling more deeply connected to my extended family than I had in a long time. And I think part of that was because of we were all in the same boat. And the difference between being in the same boat and being in separate boats, to me, is a perfect visualization, is a perfect metaphor for the difference between sympathy and empathy. You know, if during that memorial service we had had non-family members or people who had a different, more casual relationship with my grandfather, this idea of, you know, my condolences, my sympathies, I'm sorry for your loss. They all come from a really good place, I believe. But there are times when that feeling being expressed of I am sad on your behalf, it doesn't actually help. It doesn't help me. I much prefer to feel that whoever I'm in contact with is doing everything in their power to put themselves in my shoes as opposed to staying in their own shoes and offering a distant and disconnected sympathy. Now I'm trying to word this in the best way that I can and I'm using my recent experience from the memorial service as an example. But my big takeaway has been that in my life as a person seeking empathy. I feel more supported when I engage in dialogue with others who are able and willing, able in that they have the emotional intelligence and maturity, and willing in that they bring the presence of mind and spirit into the occasion to put themselves in my shoes and to make an attempt to see the world, to see the situation as I view it. And as I walk away from those encounters and those instances, I generally feel better. I generally feel a sense of energy flowing through me and I feel seen and I feel connected. So in having that awareness, of course, I want to turn the tables and ask the question of myself, how do I better practice empathy, and understand the circumstances in which sympathy is appropriate and which empathy is appropriate and how to blend the two to put me in a position to be the most supportive I can be. I think one thing that is embedded in our nature is a innate but also oftentimes, unfortunately, subconscious, churning just below the surface desire to fix situations, circumstances, people, people's problems, people's pain. We want to offer advice. We want to teach from our experience what we have learned in the name of lessening the suffering of others 
And I get it. Man, once you've lived through something, once you've made a mistake or an error or have experienced deep heartache, it makes so much sense that we would want to spare others from that. I don't think we can. I don't think we can, and I think that is a crux, if not the crux, of the distance that grows oftentimes, not all the time, between parents and children. Now, of course, I'm speaking not as a parent, so please, parents, take everything with a grain of salt. But if our role as parent or as friend subsists on a well-intentioned desire or need to help others avoid suffering, avoid mistake-making, the unintentional consequences are that it can push others away. Just the other day, I was walking down by the river and I passed a, a gangly teenager with his headphones on, having a sort of uh, defensive sounding conversation. And I, you know, we'll never know who was on the other line. But he was saying, yep, the car's fine. Yep, I even took it to get washed. Yep, yep, I'll be back by this time. And he just seemed so over it. And of course, in my made-up story about this stranger, he was on the phone with a parent who was nagging or maybe had an experience in their life where they had not taken as good of care of a borrowed car and were projecting that on him. And so he was having to compensate and reassure and I made that vow to myself right in that moment as I passed him that I will try as a parent in the future, but just as a human being relating with other human beings, I will try to just listen and use that energy, that desire to help, that desire to fix, that desire to advise, take all that energy and channel it into listening so that I may meet whoever I'm engaging with exactly where they are. And that before I even speak, I will try to see their perspective, see the world through their eyes, see what they are going through. Because if I can see it as they see it, I have a chance of perceiving its value. Because despite the fact that difficult emotions and challenging experiences and painful experiences are unpleasant and oftentimes devastating, when I look back at my own life, I would be remiss to not acknowledge their value and their irreplaceable contribution to the human being that I've become. But... If I don't make the efforts to see through the lens of the other, I may hastily make the mistake of jumping into the role of advice giver and sympathizer.
move forward in this life, I want for us to hop out of a separate boat where we cast judgments and throw advice around and into the same boat where we feel as close a representation of the suffering of others as possible and can simply sit and ride the current for as long as is appropriate and as long as is desired, available to offer our own perspective when asked, but more than anything, simply to hold space. Because by bearing witness to the challenges and the suffering of others, I believe that we actually help them integrate and learn from it, if only in the fact that they know they are not alone. And by not being alone, it's not quite as scary, and the burden is shared. And when the fear is reduced and the weight is distributed, we can learn our lessons and grow in our own time. Paradoxically, one might view this effort at creating a broadcast as offering mm, unsolicited or unwelcome insights or advice. But from where I sit, I'm inviting you into my boat, not sailing distantly, projecting my own issues onto you and offering unhelpful condolence. I'm sitting in my boat of creative struggle, of ups and downs and highs and lows and simply saying, if you're listening, if you were late, simply by the fact that you hear me, because this is as one-sided as it gets, certainly more one-sided than a zoo memorial where people are taking turns on muting their microphones. But I know, even if one person returns to listen, that I'm not alone and it helps me. And when I receive feedback on the episodes, not so specific to what I'm going through, but more how it jogs within the listeners, what they're going through. I feel that burden being lifted and shared. So there's uh, definitely value in finding a way to, of course, engage in conversation where the back and forth is alive and, and banter and, and sarcasm play a role. But as an experiment, something that I will take with me as I move out into my week and as I continue my life here, is that the next time I get placed in a position to listen, I'm going to try to do simply that for as long as it takes till I feel solidly that I can see the situation from the perspective of the other to really fill those shoes. And my hope is that by the time I've done that, I'll feel so identified with their experience that I won't be so attached to the advice that I would offer from my own. And so instead, I can simply be with, instead of attempting to change. And that's one of the greater gifts that we can give, I believe.
Brene Brown. Empathy is simply listening, holding space, withholding judgment, emotionally connecting, and communicating that incredibly healing message of, you are not alone. And from John Steinbeck, you can only understand people if you feel them in yourself. And finally, from Maya Angelou, I think we all have empathy. We may not have enough courage to display it. And that's an important note is that it is courageous. It's a courageous act. Because by offering advice, it immediately separates us. It immediately places a barrier between us and them. As a final note, I've been working on a song that I'm titling The Pain Song. And in part, it was inspired by some of the topics that I've already covered. And in part, it was inspired by the work of Marshall Rosenberg, most prominently known for his methodology of nonviolent communication. I'll include a link to some of his work regarding empathy in the show notes if you're interested. But the song is something that I think I'd like to share with all of you. So for me, just working it out and sharing it along the way to you out there listening and for the time of this podcast, hopping in my boat. I appreciate each and every one of you. And please, keep making. i
as soon as the sun sets And it always seems to go of a jigsaw i mean i had a good dad and a good mom you ever had a favorite shirt that suddenly it fits wrong that's how it was for them shit they fell out of love and out of friendship so i was raised by one that traveled back and forth because when the weekend comes it's either mine or yours then when the childhood gets extinct like dinosaurs all we have is memories and mine's was kind of poor i guess i'm kind of sore because if i wasn't i wouldn't be having to write this shit on the year that i'm turning 34 sometimes we stay the course or say I do then hate these words and leave a little stuck in the middle but hey that's the horse you know what's even worse than the pain itself that I'm experiencing is how other people can't deal with it when they see me in pain and instead of being able to just be with me to hear what is going on in me. They feel like they have to fix it, or they feel like if they give me sympathy, I'll feel better. And they don't realize that all of the things that they suggest that I do, they're trying to give me help, I know, but I've done those things and it's not gonna help my problem. And they don't know how to just be present and give me the understanding that would be so precious at that time. So how do you tell somebody that when you tell me, oh, how sad you are and you start to give me advice, I know you mean well, but it's not only not what I need, it actually stimulates more pain. It leaves me more feeling lonely with that pain, with that pain, with that pain. This episode of MakerCast was recorded and produced right here in beautiful Bend, Oregon. Music for this episode can be found in the show notes. If you'd like to support the ongoing creation of this podcast, tell a friend or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps others discover the show. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.